0: Um, If you look up the word certain in the dictionary, as I did, the word certain means free from doubt, um, confident, and being sure of something. So if you're certain about something, you're free from doubt, you're confident, and and you're sure about something. And I looked up the word uncertainty, and it's pretty obviously what that means. It's the opposite of being certain. It's the opposite of confidence or being free from doubt. But down in the bottom corner on dictionary.com, it had other words relating to uncertainty. And this kind of, you know, opened my eyes a little bit. It was anxiety, confusion, mistrust, uneasiness, worry, concern, unpredictable. I think those words describe our world that we live in. Most people are living anxiously confused, distrust. Life is unpredictable. And I know in this room there are people, you're experiencing that right now. And we need to know who and what we can be certain about today. And that's what First John is really about. John wrote to his audience to give them certainty in uncertain times. So we're starting today this brand new series, just going to go through the letter of First John. And go verse by verse, um, you know, just chunk by chunk, so to speak through through this book over the next several weeks, taking us up to the Christmas season. The audience that John was writing to it 's important that you know this as you 're reading it and we 're studying it together. His audience was living in some serious, uncertain times. Believers were persecuted by the Roman Empire they were being killed by, by the, it would actually make human torches out of Christians that lit the streets of the Roman Empire. Think about that. They were thrown for sport to the lions to watch lions maul Christians just because they followed Jesus and they refused to, you know, to give in to that persecution and, and fear. It's important that we understand that. But also, his audience was being bombarded with false teaching, bad teaching. And false teachers never try to um, do away with Christianity. They try to add to it. And there were false teachers that were coming to try to add to the simplicity of what was found in Christ, the simplicity of what they knew in the gospel. And John himself, um, if you're not familiar with the scriptures, the apostle John was obviously one of Jesus's 12 disciples that he chose. He wrote uh, the gospel of John. And he wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then the book of Revelation as well. When John is writing this, he is a really old man. Excuse me. He's a really old man at this point in time in his life. And when you listen to what he has to say, picture a very wise old man. How many know when you're young, you think you know everything, right? And then when you get older, you realize you don't really know a whole lot. And that's what kind of makes you wise as you get older. You, 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 you have wisdom because you've done life. You've been there. You've done that. Well, John is in that season of his life, old and, and wise. Jesus radically changed John's life. If you study the, the Gospels, um, when John was a young man, it's recorded in the Gospels, when he was a young man, first called by Jesus, when they were doing their three-year ministry with him, he, uh, he, heard, he and James heard that there was somebody preaching in Jesus' name that wasn't one of the 12. And he actually had the gall to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, somebody's preaching in your name. Uh, should we call fire down from heaven on them and kill them? Uh, Jesus was like, you got this backwards, man. You have no idea what you're saying. He, he gave him the nickname, the Sons of Thunder. It was, he was so radical. That I was, should we kill him? That's how, that's how twisted. Whenever you doubt your own faith or you have struggles, think about the disciples. They walked with Jesus and didn't get it. It took, it took forever for them to get it. Sometimes it does for us as well. I know I'm a little thick-headed, right? Anybody relate to that? Just me? But John had been radically changed. He, he went from this zealous guy to... Just a lover of God and a lover of people. You see the theme of love throughout the Gospel of John and throughout his letters. So he moved from being the guy that wanted to call fire down from heaven on somebody preaching in Jesus' name to the disciple whom Jesus loved. He referred to himself throughout the Gospel of John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, that might have been a little annoying for the other disciples, like, do not think they love, you know, he loves us as well. But as I was thinking that through, they could have called themselves that too. And you can call yourself the disciple whom Jesus loves. Because he does love us. He loves us deeply. John found his identity, his self-worth in being loved by Jesus. He didn't even refer to himself as as John. I think that's, that's amazing. The word light is used throughout First John. The word light. That God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. We're the, we're the light of the world. So he uses that phrase light a lot. And so today, we're going to look at that in, in the first chapter of John, of the, the theme of light. I've titled today's message, Keep the Light On. Kind of like Motel 6. Remember Motel 6? Hey, we'll keep the light on. Um, now, I don't know about you, but one of my biggest pet peeves in life is when somebody leaves the lights on in a room that they're not in. Like anybody else relate to that drive? I'm a tightwad too, so that's why. Like, don't you just see the money going out that you're burning light? <laughs> well, that's just being cheap, I guess, on my part. But in this situation today, we gotta to keep the light on and keep it on full time. Let's read from, we're gonna read John 1. And we're going to go into the first two verses of chapter two, because I believe there's a one continuous thought process here. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. He's talking about Jesus. The life we have, the life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light, in Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, <clears throat> we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world three things, I believe, from that passage that we can be certain of when life feels uncertain. Some of you are going through some very uncertain times. There's relational struggles. There's health problems. There's difficulties just because of this thing called life. And you need certainty in your life. I'm going to give you three things, and then we'll bring some application as well. But what I believe John, in his throughout the letter, is, is saying this. We can be certain of the truth. If you're taking notes, you can write that down or follow along on the app. You can be certain, we can be certain of the truth. Truth, by definition, is something that's true for all people in all places and all times. Scientifically, the physical laws of nature, gravity. I don't care if somebody thinks gravity doesn't exist, it, it exists. If you jump off a cliff, you are going to fall to your death, right? There's just no doubt about it. Gravity is a a law of nature. Well, spiritually, there are spiritual absolute truths as well. We may not see, but we know because we can see it in action in our lives and in the the lives of others. Um, God is light. God is truth. God is love. We see that over and over. So there's that spiritual truth. Jesus said, in John 14, 6, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Christians didn't make up what, what he said. He said that himself, that he was the truth. Think about that. He was the truth. We need truth to be certain of. Now, the reason I say this with great conviction is John was a first hand witness to the life of Jesus Christ, he was a first hand witness to his teachings. He was a firsthand witness to his death. John saw Jesus die on the cross. Then he also uh, was a firsthand, the, the first disciple to see the empty tomb. He actually touched Jesus post resurrection, he ate with him. So John was a, a firsthand witness of that. Now, sometimes people think that, how do I, don't, I don't want to say this correctly, that, you know, the Bible didn't invent Jesus Christ and his story. He invented the New Testament with his life, death, and resurrection. People took time to write an account of what really happened and what God was doing. That's important that we we remember that. So we can be certain of the truth. The second thing is we can be certain about what God is like because of Jesus Christ. You can be certain of what God is like because of Jesus Christ. Sometimes people have a skewed, warped vision of what God is like. You know what I'm talking about? Because maybe they had a poor father figure or a poor um, authority figure in their life or whatever. And so people get this skewed picture of what what God is like. And even when you read the Old Testament, let's be be honest, when you read the Old Testament, you think, what? What happened here? Why did he do this? Why did he say that? The, The things that were there. But Jesus came to remove the confusion about what God was like. We're told in 1 John, uh, not 1 John, but the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18, no one has ever seen God, but God the one and only who is at the Father's side has made Him known. I was reading a book by a guy named Brian Zahand and he said that um, the Bible... Looks like Brain Zahand there, my bad. Um, His name is Brian do you ever get called brain he said the bible is not a bible is not a picture perfect perfect picture of god but it points to the one who is i like that because there can be confusing jesus came to show the world what god was like today if you're wondering what's god like look at jesus read the gospels get to know him because the more you know Jesus, the more you will know what God is like. Jesus, is the, as God, is the perfect picture of what God is like, and He's also the perfect picture of what humanity is supposed to be like. The perfect picture of that for us. We can be certain of the character of God, the love of God, the open arms of God, the holiness of God the righteous, the justice of God because of Jesus, you get to know him. Then thirdly, we can be certain of the genuineness of our own faith as we walk in the light. (laughs) Today, you might be wondering, are you really a Christian or not? Am I really a believer? Because following Jesus is so amazingly simple and profound at the same time. And I think sometimes in in, in our lives, when, when we make mistakes or Attitudes, or we're relying upon emotions. We wonder, am I really a Christian? Here's how you know whether you're really following Jesus or not: Are you walking in the light? Are you walking towards the light? Because God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. First John it gives so many uh, reliable th- answers, things to to pin your your Christian walk on to say, yeah, I really am following Jesus. Or it's going to examine our hearts and say, am I really a believer or not? Do I really believe this? Am I really living out what he's talking about here? If you're walking in the light, you're a believer. If we're walking away from the light, then you've got to kind of question, what's really going on inside of me? So what I want to talk about over the next few minutes that we have is, how do we walk in the light? Because we're either walking towards the light or we're walking towards darkness. God is wants us to not live in darkness. He wants us to live in the light of who Jesus is. So the first thing I want you to write down is to walk in the light is to recognize and rely on his presence in your daily life. Acknowledging his presence. uh, Recognize, rely on on his presence. God is light, it says. You know, the Holy Spirit's job, the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is He he doesn't just come upon us like He did in the Old Testament on people. He came to live inside of us. And so when you're born again, when you're a true follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God comes to dwell inside of us. We're told that the, the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. So you're led by the Spirit of God. You are we're told also to be filled with the holy spirit be filled to be filled with the spirit is to let the spirit have control And we're told to walk in the spirit that if you and I will walk In the in the power of the spirit acknowledging recognizing relying upon him that we won't gratify the desires of the flesh or the gratify the desires Of the the sinful nature But we're still imperfect he is he is working inside of us something new but we're not we haven't arrived yet and none of us will arrive until we, we make it to heaven that's just the facts but he wants us to ner- learn and know that we can walk in the spirit i think sometimes we tend to pretend that god's in the other room he's not really looking I do it. Come on. We, we all have this temptation to pretend that God's not listening, seeing everything that's going on. And yet he's there with us all the time. Um, we have a little dog named Daisy and, and you all know how much I love Daisy, right? She's, she's, she's a great dog, but she's actually a pretty loving dog and she's pretty smart. And she's got a little Henri streak in her. Maybe that's why I have one too, so maybe that's what bug, bugs me about her. But um, we, when we moved, we used to have her food bowl real close to where the TV and carpet, you know, couch area was. But we moved her food in our new house about 30 feet away from where, where, where we are. And so she has this habit as like a little pack dog where she'll take a mouthful of food and then she'll t- go drop it on the carpet and eat those pieces and go back. So, and once we move, she'll take go 30 feet to go drop five pieces of food and just go back and forth and get her steps in, I guess, or something. And uh, so I don't want her to eat on the carpet, so I've been trying to train her to stay where she's at. And so she's actually trained now that when, um, when I'm in the room, when I'm at home, she won't take her food over there. But I caught this little doggy. <laughs> The other day, I I, I ran outside, and and she thought I was gone, so she went back to doing exactly what... He's not here. He's not here to yell at me, so I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I caught her red hand. I was like, oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) She didn't. The, the, The reason I tell you that story is I think sometimes we do that, like somehow God's not watching all the time, and He is. He's with us wherever we go, and... Learn to recognize and rely on His presence in your life daily. That's how you walk in the light. Second thing is read, read His Word. <clears throat> that sounds like a no-brainer, but if you were to be honest with yourself, how much time have you spent in the Word of God this week? I'm not saying that in a condemning way. I'm saying this in the reality of if you want to walk in the light as He is in the light, if you want darkness expelled from your life, then the word has to be in our, in our minds and in our hearts and part of our daily experience, just like, like eating food is. Um, in the psalm, it says, Psalm one nineteen one o five, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. Right? We could probably sing this together. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Come on, and a light unto my path. Amy Grant, for those of you that are old enough, Amy Grant made that verse of Scripture very famous in a song. But it's true. Every day you are called to make decisions that are going to affect your life and uh, other people's life. Man, don't we need the wisdom of God? Don't we need the light of God, the, the, His wisdom in our life to be filled with it? to be hungry for it, to let let His Word lead our lives. So if you want to walk in the light, recognize and rely on His presence in your life, acknowledge it, and then read the Word and watch what God will do. Thirdly, I need to repent of sin and selfishness quickly. We need to be quick to repent when we blow it. It's so, such an important discipline in our lives because you're going to blow it. You are going to fail to, um, you know, you're going to fail to speak correctly all the time, think correctly. Your behavior is not going to be right. Same with me. I, I see it every day. But we have to be quick to, say, to acknowledge it to God and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I blew that. And that, that makes that peace of our heart, knowing that Jesus Christ is our advocate, that he died for our sin, is, is important, but it's not a license to live however we want to live. That's, if, I, if I think that's a license to live however I want to live, that might say that I'm not really a follower of Jesus yet. But the fact is, honest, wholehearted belief in Jesus Christ doesn't mean we're never going to sin. We're never going to blow it. So we need to be quick to repent. Here's what he said. He said, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Obedience and repentance are the marks of a real believer. They're the marks of someone who's genuinely following Jesus. We obey, and then when we disobey or we fail... We repent, and repentance is simply doing a 180. It's, God, why was I walking towards darkness there? I want to come back to the light. So if you want to walk in the light, be quick, be quick to repent. And then fourthly, though, this is the good news about the grace of God, is I can rest in the gospel. Rest in the gospel. There's no sin that God can't forgive. We are saved by grace. We're not saved by our obedience. We're not followers of Jesus by our uh, you know, obedience and repentance. We're, we're saved by what Jesus Christ did for us. We're His. And I need to rest in that. If you want to walk in the light, look at to the cross, look to the resurrection, look to the empty tomb of what He's done for you. He cleaned the slate. And now He wants to work that grace inside of us practically on how we we live our lives daily he says my dear children i write this to you so that you will not sin but if anyone does sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous one he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for our sins but also for the sins of the whole world recognize and rely on his presence read the word repent quickly and then rest in the gospel, and then I would say the last thing is this: repeat the above. <laughs> Just do again, rinse, repeat, do it again. Right? Whatever that little mantra is about doing your hair, um, repeat, repeat, do it over and over and over. Those things every day, if you want to walk in the light, He's given us how we walk in the light. So I think in this, in, in, in every every room, there's there's probably three types of folks. There's there's folks that you're saying, I'm doing that. I'm doing those things. And I would say, keep doing that. Keep walking in the light. There might be other people who are thinking to themselves, um, I want to walk in the light. Well, do, do this. It's the same for, for all of us. And my prayer is that no one in this room would be, be deceived about your own faith. And, and, and are you really a follower of Jesus or not? ask yourself the question am i am i walking in the light and when you walk in the light it's peace it's joy it's um it's not always easy right because temptation is real and sin is real but to walk in the light as he is in the light is a life of peace so today if you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus today's the day to say i want his life i want the light of god in in my life Um, I've invited T.J. Pander to share a little of his story with you this morning. Um, Give it up for T.J. You want to grab that stool? You want to grab that stool? So T.J. is, this is just a really good dude, right? I mean, he and his family uh, have been part of Novation for a while now. And as I was talking to him um, a year ago today, you were part of the first, ago, yeah. first baptism that we did in this building, which was pretty cool. And um, I remember his wife, Jamie, uh, she was coming before TJ was coming, and she would kind of stop some of us after church and say, hey, could you pray for my husband? He's, uh, he's, he doesn't believe in God. He was hurt by the church growing up and what he thought was church. And I remember her always saying, I think he would really like it here if I could just get him to come. <laughs> and She was right. <laughs> and I remember a couple Christmas Eves ago, I saw this tall dude in a tweed, tweed jacket. and I was like, who's that? That's Jamie's husband. He made it to church. Sweet, you know? <laughs> and uh, TJ um, shared his story with me. Um, and I thought, man, you, you guys got to hear what, what, what God did and let God get glory uh, through this, so why don't you share with everybody your experience? What happened j- June 2018?
1: Yeah, so a little bit about where um, how I grew up and, and a lot of stuff you said, Scott, um, really really hit home because I came from a church. Uh, well, I mean, we kind of jumped around. We went from from church to church most of my life. Um, usually, we'd watch you know Hour of Power on TV or something if Dad didn't want to go to <laughs> church or whatever. Yeah, Robert Schuller, the Crystal Cathedral. Um, <laughs> So we landed on a church eventually and and uh there was a lot of like legalism and and kind of bad stuff you know it wasn't uh it wasn't Jesus the way I know him now so um you know I decided I'd be an atheist the rest of my life and and uh, and gave up on all that and figured I could do it myself and uh and all that stuff and then um i wasn 't super nice about that most times, so I was the kind of guy that would like uh, you know corner you in and, and guide a conversation to where I could tell you how dumb you were for believing it and and just uh, just really terrible so june twenty first that uh, that kind of flipped on its head and it was it was kind of strange so had a great day uh, i was I was going to leave work early and and my son was in town, so we were going to uh, you know watch movies, just be a family together, and, and have some fun. Um, I turned on to uh to c four seventy and i 'm facing straight west, like staring at the mountains and it's, it's just like the most glorious picture you could see the sun 's just cutting through the mountains and um, just just beautiful so i'm i 'm looking out at this and and the sun 's you know cutting through and dancing all over the city and it's it 's just awesomeness and uh, and I felt nothing I felt empty just yeah just uh, just kind of done so uh I just kind of started started getting madder, uh, you know yelling at God, where are you and and you know if you know every hair on my head, you know how come you 're not here with me and and he showed up
0: um, so what was that you shared about how you were yelling at someone you didn 't believe in or whatever how'd you word that
1: yeah so as i 'm <laughs> as i 'm screaming and, and throwing a temper tantrum, you know it dawned on me i 'm yelling at something that i don 't believe in. <laughs> Which just, you know, I, I I consider myself a pretty logical guy, but uh, but I couldn't reconcile that in my head. So um, so I start thinking, you know, that's and that's when God kind of came in, and I really started going, "Well, wait a minute, what's going on here?" Um, so cruising along and uh, just angry, and now I'm super just confused and sad, and all that stuff starts coming into my head, and uh, I just kind of. Uh, I had to pull the car over at that point while well, well, I'm, I'm realizing this might be, you know, everything I believe the last 20 years of darkness is uh, completely false. Um, I have to pull over because I can't see anything. I'm balling and, uh, you know, it's not all over the dashboard. It's, <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, Slippery wheel. Yeah. So so I pull over and, and you know, it's kind of weird. It was, it was almost like God was sitting next to him. I remember actually turning in my seat like <laughs> I'm talking to him, so it was kind of uh, interesting. and. Um, I just kind of, I said, you know, I have been the absolute worst person to you. I've been an opponent of yours my entire life. Oh. Um, could you imagine that? Like just talking bad about somebody forever, and and having to say you're sorry to him and all that. So I'm expecting, you know, a list of all this stuff I've got to do to to get back in his good grace and uh kind of like what's he gonna do is, is lightning gonna strike my car or what's what's gonna happen and i just got this kind of feeling of peace you know like um and the answer what it, what it sounded like to me was just like cool yeah let's get started let's <laughs> let's do this um so yeah and uh you know the rest of its history as i say you know
0: yeah um I can relate to your story. Um, I have that moment in my life, too, where I was running from God and running towards darkness. And then, boom, he just it was in a car, too, in my truck. So I can relate to that. But
1: well, it's not everywhere like I did.
0: Nah, no, no. <laughs> Later, I did. Um, yeah, fair. What would you tell, you know, somebody in here today about you know, how you experienced grace like that? Because I, that's what I, every time you share with me, I always hear like, like that whole thing, like, would he really take me? What, what would you share with somebody that is listening that would say about, I think there's no way he can love me. Um, I'm too far. I've done this. I've done that. But what would be your encouragement?
1: Well, that was exactly what I thought, you know, when I came from that legalist church, and it was just a lot of, uh, you know, do this, don't do that. And, and, you know, it's in so many places in the Bible that, that, you know, God's grace is all over it. And nobody shared that with me, hmm. you know. And I think I came here once and I heard you say something about, uh, about grace. And even just defining what grace was, that was important to me. Just learning that, you know, it's, you, you can't go too far. So, yeah. so make sure people know that, you know. When you're talking to folks, let, let them know it's not, a, it's not a list of chores. It's, a, it's grace.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We won't tell him that he left me hanging on the high five there or anything. You left me hanging on a high five. No biggie. all right. Romantic. Um, well, would you stand with me? I want to, I want to pray. What a great story. His story Listen, the person sitting next to you Is not just a name They have a story Your life is a story that God has been writing And is going to continue to write So every person in this room We're more than a name There's a story And, and it's for us to know each other And to realize we all are broken Every one of us is broken But Jesus is the one that comes to heal He heals the broken hearted He brings light. What happened to TJ was the lights went on. And I've been watching him, and he's keeping the light on. He's hungry for the Word of God. He's hungry for... He he said something the other day about the podcast to to me and Chris Ingalls. He said, at least when I get to listen to that podcast, it makes me feel like I'm with my church family, because I can't wait till Sunday. And there's a zeal in that sometimes when we're, we're new to following Jesus. And Brian was touching on it earlier. When we get lonely or maybe we feel guilty or shame, we we think, ah, "I don't want to go to church." This is the very place we all should be in those moments. So Father, you know where every heart and mind is. You're with us wherever we go. Help us to be mindful of that to, to acknowledge that. Jesus, you're the light of the world, and you've made your followers as well the light of the world. We pray to walk in the light as you are in the light. Lord, give us tender hearts towards you, towards one another, and towards this world that we live in. You didn't call us to to judge and all of that. You called us to love and help us to love well, to love you and love one another well. Lord, we thank you for your word, your peace, and your joy in our lives. Lord, let us walk together in the light that you have given us and who you are, in Jesus' name, amen.